Hey guys, Pete Mundo here. Thanks for checking out the podcast this week. As always, it's our radio show turned into a podcast. And if you could, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you rate and review the podcast, and then send me an email and a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Mean a lot to me. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the show. Third and goal at the three. And Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line. Touchdown. I can feel it coming on now as the music plays. Taking shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long, everybody sing. And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the sun goes they just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards for McCleskey on the grab. It's caught at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone, it's a touchdown! Well, congratulations to the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Chris Beard, the guys, and you know what? The fan base, you guys as well. You are going to the Final Four in Minneapolis this weekend. Enjoy it. Good luck against Michigan State, and what a run it has been. You know, I was thinking about the Red Raiders uh, because this is a team, obviously, first time the program's been to the Final Four, and I think, you know what? Could have done it last year, too. They gave... Villanova, which won the national championship in runaway fashion, they gave Villanova their best game of the NCAA tournament last year. And for them now to go out and make the Final Four the next year after losing so many key players is remarkable. It is impressive. And kudos to what Chris Beard is building there. And now the rumors swirling all over the place. You know, we'll talk to Matthew Postens about this coming up. Of course, our Big 12 Hoops guru. I, I don't see the benefit of Chris Beard leaving. Matthew wrote about this on heartlandcollegesports.com, but he's right. You know, he's got family in the area. It's a big time, uh, big reason he took the job. And I've said this as well about college football coaches in uh, today's day and age. You know, your life doesn't change between 3.2 million and 3.9 or 4 million. If you're happy at 3.2 million, your happiness financially is not going to change at $4 million. You have to be a very shallow individual to be changed from $3.2 to $4 million on the happiness scale. I'm sorry. you got to be really shallow to uh, really want that extra eight hundred grand at that type of uh, a salary. I'm not saying you shouldn't want it. I'm all for capitalism. I am a capitalist through and through. I say go make as much money as you want. I would not uh, begrudge anybody who said, hey, you know what? I wanted the extra $800,000. I wouldn't begrudge you for it. I just don't think most people view that as the deciding factor. Now, let's say in a situation, you know, you're like, hey, whatever, this dream job of mine plus an extra eight hundred grand. All right, then we're talking. 
I just don't think the money is a difference maker, especially to a guy like Chris Beard, who really is appears to be settled content, happy at Texas Tech after years of bouncing around every level of basketball. I have a hard time seeing him going anywhere. So congratulations to the Red Raiders. Uh, what a run this program is on. Can we say basketball school? Can we say that yet? Or No, not yet. Not yet. All right, fine. Not yet. I want to talk about something, though, as we kick things off here that uh, the Big 12 tweeted about on Sunday. They tweeted about the fact that, you know, the Big 12 conference is the only conference in America to have a team or to have teams that have made the Final Four the past two seasons and the college football playoff the past two seasons. Of course, on the football side, OU made it each year with Baker Mayfield and then Kyler Murray. And in basketball, you had uh, Kansas make it last year before they got crushed by Villanova. And then you had Texas Tech make it this year, of course, as they're getting ready to play Michigan State. And the Big 12, you know, bragged about this and said, hey, we're the only conference in America to have a team to make the Final Four, make the college football playoff each of the past two years. That's certainly something to be very proud of. They should be proud of themselves for that. But let me add this to the equation here. And I'm not trying to knock the Big 12. I mean, I love this conference. I want to see every team succeed. But at some point, you got to get over the hump. You have to do it. It's great to get there. But in the end, sports is determined. The success of sports is determined on championships. And the problem for the Big 12 is that depending what happens here for Texas Tech on Saturday, and unfortunately for Tech, they've got the best team uh, left in the tournament they have to play in Michigan State with the best coach, with the most experience. But they have not even gotten to the championship game during this run. Of course, OU lost to Georgia last year in the college football playoff. Then, as I mentioned, you know, Kansas against Villanova, and then this year, OU against Alabama, and we'll see what happens with Tech and Michigan State. But at some point, you've got to get over the hump. I think it's great, and it shows off the depth of the Big 12 Conference, which is important, which is certainly valuable, and which we talk about all the time, which I think the Big 12 should continue to pump up and point out, like, we're really deep. It's why I've heard this recently from some Texas and OU fans. Like, we're going to leave the Big 12 in a few years because, well, if it's just going to be the two of us again dominating the conference, we're going to go somewhere else and play. We're going to play with the big boys. Shut up. I mean, stop being a tool. Seriously. No, you're not. If you can dominate the Big 12, and even if it is just OU and Texas, three out of four years playing for the Big 12 title, if that gives you the best shot of getting into the college football playoff and playing for a national championship, you're going to want to go to the SEC and join the, say, SEC West with Alabama and Auburn every season and LSU. You want to do that? Stop. And it's only a segment of Texas OU fans that I hear it from. But all of a sudden, you know, you had the two Blue Bloods playing the Big 12 championship game this past year. And it's like, jeez, if it really is going to be just OU Texas for the next decade, we're going for uh, greener pastures. No, you're not. Why would you do that? If you can make just as much money owning a conference why would you go to the SEC, especially when you get really good competition from the rest of your conference? Fine, maybe it's uh, top-heavy when it comes to the elite talent, but on the football side, the Big 12 has an enormous amount of depth. Yes, right now it does look like OU and Texas are separating themselves. I would agree with that. 
but that next tier is very bunched up, very deep, and very talented when you talk about schools like TCU, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, uh, Baylor. That is a lot of talent. And it's a lot of talent that's got to be recognized by not just the rest of the conference, uh, but by, frankly, any team that plays them in the nation. And that has shown itself in the bowl season the past couple of years. So I don't like hearing that from Texas and OU fans. That's not going to hold you back from winning a national championship, being in a different conference, and playing supposedly better competition on Saturdays in September and October. Sorry, not the case. But the Big 12 does have a problem here where you look at it and you say to yourself, yeah, we got the depth. We do, and we should show that off, and we should brag about it. But you would like to win a national championship here or at least get to the game at some point when you get to these college football playoffs and you get to these Final Fours. And who's going to be that team to get over the hump, to get there? You know, Tech can do it. Now, it's not a blue blood, and let's be honest, uh, when you win national championships for your conference, uh, this is something that maybe some fan bases don't want to hear. But you do, in a perfect world, from a branding and marketing standpoint, you want it to be your blue bloods. You just do. You want Kansas to win uh, a national championship in basketball. You want OU or Texas to win it in football. That's fine. But for me, as a big ball fan, I want all of them to win. But I'm being honest with you, from a branding perspective, it does make more sense marketing-wise. Ask Bob Bowlesby if he could have any team win the national championship in basketball or football, who would it be? Now, he might he might give you the politician's answer because Bowlesby can be one. But get him a little tipsy, you know, throw a few fireball shots in him, try to get his answer then. And I guarantee you, it's going to be OU in Texas. And then, of course, Kansas on the uh, basketball side of things. But I'm pulling for Texas Tech, man. This would be an awesome story. I would love it for you Red Raiders fans that are, uh, you know, gearing up for this moment, getting ready for this weekend. You've waited so long through so many different coaching eras. You thought maybe Bobby Knight could do it, and he never quite got things turned around. And now Chris Beard. Well, let's be honest. Let's not rewrite history here. But who was jumping for joy at the hire of Chris Beard? Who was doing it? All right? Who knew who Chris Beard was? Be fair as well. And this gives me, you know, confidence. Maybe Kirby Hocutt does have that magic touch, you know? Maybe Matt Wells, who got mixed reviews. I liked the hire, but I still thought Cliff Kingsbury deserved one more year. But all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? Just got to give Kirby Hocutt benefit of the doubt, you know, especially uh, with what's happening right now with this basketball program. And Jared Culver uh, probably going to the NBA and turning himself into one of the biggest stars in the nation after being a three-star recruit at a high school. It's funny how that works, huh? Very funny how that works. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Really appreciate uh, you joining us each and every week at this time. You know, we are going to keep diving into the basketball side of things because we have got Matthew Postens joining us, heartlandcollegesports.com. He'll be here next to talk about everything going on on the basketball side of things on Heartland College Sports Weekly. (laughs) 
Well, as we've done each and every week here throughout the Big 12 basketball season, as long as a Big 12 basketball team is still playing, this guy is going to join us on a weekly basis. He is Matthew Postens, of course, of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. And what a time, Matthew, to be a Texas Tech basketball fan. First ever Final Four. And, you know, what do you think about the job that this team has done this year for a program that was picked to finish, what, seventh in the preseason polls? Yeah, seventh in the preseason poll. That's where the coaches had them. Uh, They lost five seniors off last year's team. They also lost, uh, in addition to Keenan Evans, they also lost Zaire Smith, who went early to the NBA after his freshman year. So there were, you know, there were a lot of unknowns coming into this season. I think everybody thought Jarrett Culver would take a, a logical next step as a player. I don't think anybody expected him to be the Big 12 player of the year. Uh, I think we thought that Davide Moretti would take a step. Uh, we weren't sure about the transfers they brought in, Tariq Owens and Matt Mooney. Uh, and then really, you know, was Noren Sodiasi going to, to grow into a better player? And, and all of those things happened. And in addition to that, they've gotten some nice contributions off the bench from guys like uh, Brandon Francis and Kyler Edwards. Uh, what's been really interesting about this team is they haven't really had to to dig deep into their uh, broaded recruiting class this year. Kavon Moore, who was their top recruit last year and is actually, according to 247sports.com, the top recruit in tech history uh, coming into this recruiting cycle, really hasn't had to play at all. So when you mm-hmm. think about the, the table being set for next year for this team – uh, yeah, they're probably going to lose Jarrett Culver to the NBA. They're going to lose Norm Sodiasi. Uh, but they're not hurting just about everybody next year. And, and the way they've grown over the course of this season has been pretty remarkable to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, Matthew Postens is our guest. And, Matthew, when you look at uh, Coach Beard, you wrote about this in your Good, Bad, and Ugly this week. You know, uh, the rumors are going to be swirling about this guy. How concerned should Tech fans be that he might have wandering eyes? I really don't think they should be that concerned. And, you know, I kind of put it in the column this way. There's really three things. To me, number one, opposing programs can't money whip Texas Tech anymore because everybody in the Big 12 has money. So if somebody comes in and says, hey, we're going to pay you $4 million, which would be a raise for Chris Beard at this point, all Tech has to do is say, hey, you know what? We got another $900,000 to pay you. It's cool. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not a big deal to them. This is the best they've been in basketball in, in years, perhaps decades. Perhaps ever. Let's be honest. Perhaps ever. I mean, when you think about their history, you know, when they brought in Bobby Knight 15 years ago, they were hoping that he would elevate their program to this level, mm-hmm. and he was never quite able to do it. So, you know, back-to-back elite eight appearances for the first time in school history, a Final Four appearance for the first time ever. This is probably the best Texas Tech basketball has ever been. But, you know, Beard's daughters also live nearby. Uh, and I think that was one of the big reasons why he left that UNLV job as quickly as he got it three years ago when the tech job opened up. He could not get, he could not get away from UNLV fast enough, and I think those three things on their own tell me that Chris Beard wants to be at Texas Tech for a while. Plus, in addition to all of that, he's got a prohibitive buyout right now. It's about $12 million, so anybody who wanted to come by and try to offer him a job was going to have to either pay that buyout or negotiate that buyout down. So there's a lot of reasons why. You're going to hear a lot of rumors about Chris Beard this week, probably, but I don't think he's going anywhere. 
Being joined by Matthew Poston here on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Heartland College Sports Weekly is, of course, the show. I'm Pete Mundo. All right, Matthew, uh, let's look at this Final Four then for Texas Tech. They probably uh, got the most experienced and clearly the most experienced coach and team left in the Final Four on Saturday. How do you see this thing playing out for the Red Raiders? Well, I think it's a really wide-open Final Four and, and maybe the most wide-open Final Four we've seen in, in quite some time because, like you said, Michigan State does have that experienced uh, head coach in Tom Izzo. He's won a national title. He's taken uh, the Spartans, I think, to eight Final Fours now. Uh, but Tech's making its first appearance. I think Auburn is making its first appearance. And Virginia hasn't been to the Final Four since the Ralph Sampson era in the early 80s. So, You've got three coaches in this uh, Final Four and a lot of players in this Final Four that haven't been in this situation. And really, when you think about it, none of the Michigan State players have been in this situation either, except for maybe one or two guys that might have been red shirts the last time they went to the Final Four in 2015. So uh, there's a lot of inexperience, and I think that makes it a very wide-open Final Four. I mean, obviously, Izzo has uh, abilities to you know, get his team in the right situations because he's been in those situations before. But when you consider how wide open everything is, I think that there's a really good chance that any one of these four teams could win this tournament just for that reason. So, Matthew, do we have to wait uh, to see the website to get your prediction on heartlandcollegesports.com, or how do you feel this thing uh, goes for the Red Raiders? I think Saturday is a really interesting game for them. I, I think just looking at the four teams, you know, Auburn obviously lost its best player uh, going into the turn, going into the Final Four uh, to an ACL injury. Virginia is a better offensive team than they were a year ago, uh, but I, I still feel like uh, there are better offensive teams in this Final Four. When I look at either side of this, I kind of feel like the winner of the Tech-Michigan State game has the best chance to win this tournament because I think both of those teams play great defense. They've got a lot of toughness. Uh, they've got a lot of grit, uh, but I think they're both underrated offensively. And I really liked how Texas Tech kind of took the blinders off offensively against Gonzaga and basically just said, you know what, we're, we know we're going to have to go up and down the floor with these guys. We're just going to have to play great defense and find a way to play great, great offense, too. And that's what they did. I mean, Tech really hasn't had a bad game in this tournament when you think about going back to the beginning of the NCAA tournament. They've played well offensively. They've played great defensively. I think they have a really good chance of beating Michigan State. And I think that if they can beat Michigan State on Saturday, which I give them a I give them a 50-50 chance of doing, I think they could win the whole thing because I think they're capable of beating either Virginia or Auburn. You know, interesting, Matthew, I, I thought about this too. Uh, you know, Tech lost last year to Villanova, who ended up rolling through that tournament to win the national championship. But Tech gave the Wildcats their best game of the tournament by far. Uh, Chris Beard, something special is going on with him here in March. Yeah, you know what? Defense travels, as they say. Yep. We, we say that a lot in football. It, it, it rings true in basketball, too. When you go on the road to a high-quality opponent, if you play defense well, uh, you can stay in any game you want to in, in NCAA basketball. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have four really good defensive teams in this Final Four, but I'm not sure there's a team in this Final Four that has sold out to defense the way the Red Raiders have for Chris Beard and this program. And I think that gives them an intriguing value add when you think about which team advances to Monday night's championship game 
and which team might win this championship overall. All right, Matthew, uh, last thing for you here, of course, for the Big 12. Uh, the conference bragged about this on Twitter, the only conference in America to have a Final Four team and a college football playoff team each of the past two years. But, of course, the Big 12 has not even gotten to a national championship game any of those times, never mind won the national championship. Uh, what does that say about the conference, that it's getting there, which is great, but it's not getting over the hump? Well, to win it, you got to get there. I mean, that's the first big thing. That's what any coach will tell you. And the fact that they've been able to put teams in the college football playoff, the fact that they've been able to put teams in the Final Four the last two years, it just shows the quality of the conference, the quality of the teams, and their ability to wind their way through these difficult situations of the regular season and the postseason to get to those opportunities. But if you want to be considered the best, you've got to win. And that's why there's still this look at the SEC as the best conference overall in college sports because this conference has won national championships in football recently. They've won national championships in basketball recently. I mean, you talked about the fact that Oklahoma has been to the college football playoff each of the last two years. They're actually the only team from the Big 12 that's gotten into the college football playoff in three of the last five years. When we look at the NCAA tournament, the Big 12 hasn't won a national championship since Kansas about 10 years ago. So uh, while they're getting quality teams into these situations where they can win championships they haven't been able to close the deal and if you want to be considered great whether it is as a a team a program or a conference you have to close those opportunities when you get them and that's been the problem for them the past couple of years they've had great opportunities to win championships but they haven't closed the deal He's Matthew Postens, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Does great job on the uh, Big 12 Hoops side of things. Matthew, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Great job there from Matthew Postens. We wrap up the show next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So over the final few minutes here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, I'm Pete Mundo. Um, I want to just touch on this here. I want to touch on Fred Hoiberg taking the job at Nebraska. I don't begrudge him, you know. I, I really don't. The guy had NBA ties. He played in the NBA. He even played for the Bulls. He left Iowa State to take what he thought was his dream job. It doesn't work out for him. The guy goes 117 and 159 in the NBA. It just, you know, it wasn't all his fault. It's not like the guy forgot how to coach. But this is what happens when you go sometimes from college to the NBA. The coaching styles are different. You obviously have less control over player personnel. You're dealing with egos and, you know, multi-multi-millionaires, guys making way more money than you've ever made. Not that Fred Hoiberg is, you know, eating scraps, but you understand what I'm saying here. It's a different game, a different atmosphere didn't work out for him he ends up taking the Nebraska job and we touched on it briefly last week but I'll tell you what I I look at it and I say to myself I don't blame him but if I was an Iowa State fan and you know I'm a big 12 fan I root for Iowa State but I'm not you know like Iowa State fans where you've grown up with this team you live it you breathe it uh, I'd be a little bothered you know I'm all for capitalism. I'm a capitalistic guy. Make your money. Do your thing. I'm not going to begrudge you for it. I'm really not. But part of me is like, Nebraska, I know you got the ties there through the grandpa. I know you were born there. You were the mayor in Ames. 
thank goodness, if Nebraska was still in the Big 12, we might have a little bit of a bigger problem. Uh, they're not, obviously. They're in the Big 10. So I think Iowa State fans should basically be like, you know what, let them wax Iowa in the Big 10 West. We're fine with that. We're happy with that. But this is why any college coach, I'm like, Fred Hoiberg's lucky the Nebraska job is open. And it kind of works out conveniently where the two colleges that he has the most ties to, Iowa State, his alma mater, and Nebraska, of course, where Grandpa coached and he was born. He is just a lucky – timing is everything in life. I'll tell you that right now. Timing is everything. And Fred Hoiberg's timing of getting the Iowa State job, going to the NBA, it not working out, and when he gets canned to the NBA, the other job that he's closest connected to ends up opening up. While that job is also no longer in the conference that it used to be in, which would really take off his alma mater, uh, is a pretty nice situation for Fred Hoiberg to fall into. So his timing has been beautiful. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm just curious to see if anybody can actually turn around that Nebraska program because that's a uh, basketball team, of course, that has not exactly had a lot of success. Can we put it that way? Is that a nice way to go about it? Uh, one NIT over, or excuse me, one NCAA tournament appearance the past 20 years, back in 2014. That's it. The last time, wait, hold on. Am I looking at this right? I think I am. Nebraska's never won an NCAA tournament game. Holy cow. If this was not on radio and just on podcast, I would have used a different word. Holy, I knew the program stunk. I did not realize that Nebraska basketball has never won an NCAA tournament game. Because I got fooled here. Because I saw in 2014 they lost in the second round as an 11 seed to Baylor, a 6 seed. But then I realized, hold on, that was still when they were calling the first four play in the first round, which was the dumbest thing the NCAA tournament ever did because it screwed up everything like this, where that was a second round loss technically in 2014, but it was really a first round loss because it was a six seed against an 11 seed. They lose to Baylor there. Outside of that, they got to the NCAA tournament back in 98, 94, 93, 92, 91, and 86. So they had a run there of about 10, 12 years where they got to a bunch of tournaments and they lost every time. This basketball program is terrible. I knew it was not good. I didn't realize it was that bad, to be honest. And this year they end up losing to TCU in the second round of the NIT. So good luck, Fred Hoiberg. Pulling for you, buddy. Uh, A little bit, not too much, though. TCU ends up canceling its spring game this year because of injuries and limited depth. Coach Gary Patterson uh, mentioned this. Uh, on Tuesday of this week, you know, it's funny. We were talking about which one of our guys was potentially going to go to TCU spring game. And, you know, we love TCU. Our guy Matthew Postens is right there in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Uh, you've got uh, Derek Duke, who's also in Texas, who just is a football college football geek. And I say that in a positive way because I'm one, too. And one of them was potentially going to go to TCU for the spring game. But I said, you know, guys, I don't know if we're going to get a good look at the quarterbacks, which is really where the intrigue is. I'm not sure if it's, to be honest, just worth the uh, time for the website, for the outlet at this point. And then we get the news on Tuesday that Gary Patterson has canceled whatever spring game was going to be held. Now, from my understanding, there was no official announcement that a spring game was going to be on Saturday, April 6th. It was just assumed that it was going to be on Saturday because of kind of how things were trending and what's been reported. 
But Patterson noted that the Horned Frogs are practicing this spring with about half of the 85 scholarship players allowed. So we basically said, you know, injuries, limited roster. We're waiting for freshmen and transfers to come in. They won't be here until the summer. We're not doing it. I, I get it. You know, and Gary Patterson's not the kind of coach that would have given you a lot in the spring game anyway. Let's be fair here. But I do think it's a nice thing for – and when you're – listen, on Gary Patterson's level at his uh, – stature in Fort Worth no one's going to question it but I do think maybe you open a practice right maybe you do something like that for your diehard fans and your season ticket holders I think that's a nice moment if you could do that during spring maybe TCU is doing it to be fair I don't want to knock them maybe they've done that at some point but I do think that's good and every program should do that I know Iowa State's also not doing a spring game uh Kansas State's doing a spring showcase which actually Derek Duke was asked about this in um in his mailbag this week and you know the spring showcase Chris Kleiman's going to do one of those at K-State I'm going to go out there probably and see what it's all about and I mean if it's a bunch of guys doing uh, cone drills I'm going to be a little annoyed I drove two hours from Kansas City to uh, Manhattan to see a bunch of guys doing cone drills. I hope I can get some feel for what the depth chart might look like, how guys are playing and performing, how they're doing, all that type of stuff. I'm not asking for much. I'm really not. I'm not sitting here and saying I need the whole world. I, I don't. But it would be nice to see a little bit of action and get a little bit of an idea of who's played well in spring, who's trending upward uh, going into summer camp, who's maybe uh, not trending as positively that we thought might have been off to a, a sharp start here in 2019. Who are those guys? I'm curious to know. Very curious to know. And then we're going to have the K, uh, KU spring game, which is at night which I'm actually pretty juiced about. I am fascinated to see what this spring game is like under Les Miles, how he handles it, and everything that goes into it. And if KU is going to make a really big production out of it, try to you know, hype up the fact that this program is back. And I use that in air quotes. All right, I use it in total air quotes because I have no idea what uh, KU is going to do. And the reality is this. Les Miles has a massive rebuild on his hands. It is not going to be done overnight. It's not going to be one of those things where uh, you know Les Miles comes in here and they're winning four or five games next year. If he can get this team bowl eligible by 2021, I, he would be a lifesaver. And that's how down in the dumps this program is. If he, especially with the round robin situation in the Big 12, where your schedule is never easier in a given year and you get to miss teams like OU or Texas or whatever, it's not like that in the Big 12. If this team gets to a bowl in 2021, Les Miles will be a magician. The Mad Hatter moniker will be replaced with the Mad Magician. That's how big of a deal it would be. I mean, this is, if he can turn it around, and I'm not saying he's going to get it to what Bill Snyder did at K-State, but uh, if he ever does, and I don't think Les Miles is going to be around in 10 years to see that through, because it took Bill Snyder about 10 years before this team, right? Almost 10 years before this team was competing for a national championship. God forbid if KU ever gets there, that would replace Bill Snyder in the greatest turnaround job in the history of college football. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying if it does happen, that's, that'd be the case. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place. Heartlandcollegesports.com. 2,000 country stations. Yeah, we're one big country nation. That's right.
Thank you guys for checking out the show. Leave us a rating, review, subscribe. I'll send you the koozie, the Heartland College Sports koozie. Just leave me a rating and review. Email it to me, a screenshot, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.